0: In the Gospel of Matthew, Jesus asks his disciples who people say that he is. That's what he asks them. He wants to know what the word on the street is. He says, who do people say that I am? Now, if you remember the account, there are several answers that are given. There are some of the folks, and they say, well, they are saying that you are John the Baptist, and they say, well, others say that you're Elijah, or, or maybe Jeremiah, or, or some other prophet, and to that Jesus says, well, who do you say that I am? And Peter, the author of our letters, says, you are the Christ, the son of the living God. Now, that is a very profound answer. That is a very deep answer. Uh, To that, Jesus says, upon that rock, upon that truth, I will build my church. Now, here's the thing this evening. Understand this. The church is built on the truth of Jesus Christ. In our studies, we've gone through these letters, salvation is found again, only in the truth of Jesus Christ. Also in these letters, Peter is telling us hope, encouragement, purpose come again, only in the truth of Jesus Christ. And so we need to see this as believers, everything, and I'm talking about absolutely everything, hinges upon and is built upon the truth of Jesus Christ. Our faith, our practice of our faith, everything is built upon the truth of Jesus Christ. Well, then the question becomes, where do we find the truth of Jesus Christ? How would we know the truth of Jesus Christ? Friends, here's the answer. It is found in the word of God. Everything hinges upon the truth of Jesus, The truth of Jesus is found in the Word of God. Here's what I want to tell you tonight. Be very certain. As believers, we are a people of the Word. We have to be a people of the Word. Everything that we do is driven on the Word of truth. And so as believers, we have to be a people of the Word. Well, tonight, preparing the church to stand against false teachers and against false teachings Peter gives them and us a lesson in the Word. That's what we have tonight. We're moving along. He's about to start to talk about false teachers and false teachings. And as he does that, he gives them and he gives us a lesson in the Word. Our message tonight is entitled, How Firm a Foundation. How Firm a Foundation. Tonight we're in 2 Peter chapter 1. Tonight, verses 12 through the end of the chapter, verse 21. 2 Peter chapter 1, tonight, verses 12 through 21. I'm going to ask if you would, if you would stand with me in the honor and the reverence of the reading of God's word, how firm a foundation. Beginning in verse 12, it says this Therefore, I will always be ready to remind you of these things, even though you already know them and have been established in the truth which is present with you. I consider it right as long as I'm in this earthly dwelling to stir you up by way of reminder, knowing that the laying aside of my earthly dwelling is imminent, as also our Lord Jesus Christ has made clear to me. And I will also be diligent that at any time after my departure, you'll be able to call these things to mind. For we do not follow cleverly devised tales when we made known to you the power and coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. But we were eyewitnesses of his majesty. For when he received honor and glory from God the Father, such an utterance as this was made to him by majestic glory. This is my beloved Son, with whom I am well pleased. And we ourselves heard this utterance made from heaven when we were with him on the holy mountain. So we have the prophetic word made more sure, to which you do well to pay attention as to a lamp shining in a dark place until the day dawns and the morning star arises in your hearts. But know this first of all, that no prophecy of scripture is a matter of one's own interpretation. For no prophecy was ever made by act of human will. But men moved by the Holy Spirit spoke from God. Let's go to the Lord in prayer. Dear Heavenly Father, we come tonight again. We're thankful for this opportunity. We're thankful for a Savior, Jesus. We're thankful for a hope and a peace that endures tonight. We're thankful for your word and that, and that you speak through it, that it's living and active. Lord, I, I pray tonight as we, as we begin to open your word and study your word, I pray, Lord, that it would be a tremendous thing that in this hour you would grow us from the youngest person here listening from the, to the oldest person here that you would begin to shape us in your word. And I pray there would be much fruit from the study of your word tonight. Lord, we come, and again, we just tell you we're thankful for your graciousness, for your kindness in giving it to us. Lord, I pray if there are some that do not know you, that do not know the hope that we hold in Jesus, I pray in the hearing of the gospel of Jesus Christ that this very night, in this hour, that they would turn and trust you. I pray, Lord, that there would be uh, no hindrance that could stand, that it would all be removed. And in the hearing of the gospel, tonight might be the night of their salvation. Lord, we again come and tell you we're thankful. We're thankful for your goodness. We're thankful for your kindness. We're thankful for your graciousness. And we're thankful for this hour again. We trust it to you. And I pray in Jesus' name, Amen. You may be seated. To stand and exist as the church when Peter writes, and to stand and exist as the church when we exist today, we have to be people of the word. That's the matter of the fact. When when, when he was writing to them, and for us today as well, we have to stand as the church to be people of the the word of God. Now, what that means is a couple of things. First off, it means this. We have to be confident in the word. We have to, as people, as believers, we have to be convinced that it is trustworthy. We have to be convinced that it is right. We have to be convinced that it is actually God's word. Well, I want to tell you tonight, here's what Satan does. He attacks our confidence in the Word of God. And that's his purpose. That's his plan. He attacks our confidence in the Word of God. He says, did God truly say that? Did God mean that when he said that? Can you you be sure of that? He brings questions to our mind. Is it dependable? There, There seems to be some things that aren't adding up. Are there errors in the Word of God? Surely there's errors in this Word. Well, to stand in the church then, and to stand in the church now, we have to be, they had to be confident in the Word of God. Second thing is this, to be people of the Word, here's one, we have to actually know the Word of God. We have, listen to me, we have to know the Word of God. I'll just tell you tonight, right up front, perhaps our biggest failing today is as a whole, we do not know the Word of God. Well, listen, it just makes sense if we're going to defend it, if we're going to preach it, if we're going to take a stance on it, if, if we're going to live by it, there is no other way. There is no shortcut but to know the Word of God. Listen, we have to know the Word of God. We have to be, if we're going to be the church today, people of the Word. We have to be confident in it. We have to know it. Well, again tonight... Peter opens up with a discussion on the Word of God. Now, what's his purpose? He is seeking to build our confidence in it. One of the things we need, that's what we're going to receive in our verses tonight. He is seeking to build our confidence in it. He's also seeking to build our knowledge of it. And so as we read tonight, as we study, that's going to be another thing. He is seeking to build our knowledge of the Word of God. So he discusses those things in our verses tonight. Tonight we're gonna see four things about this word. We're gonna see four things about this word. Okay, here we go to our study. The first thing we see tonight is this. It is a reminding word. It is a reminding word. Let's go to verse 12. Therefore, I will always be ready to remind you of these things, even though you already know them and have been established in the truth which is present with you. Now, listen again to those words. Peter says, therefore, I will always be ready to remind you of these things, even though you already know them and have been established in the truth which is present with you. Now, the word here for remind in verse 12, it means what we would think. It means to call to mind, to bring into mind, to put into your mind. Well, Peter says, you have the truth. He says in the verse, it is with you. You have the truth. He says this, you are established in the truth. The word for established means strengthened or supported. It most literally translates solidly planted, solidly planted. And so here's what he says. They have heard the word of truth. Not only that, they have received it, and in doing so, they have been established in the word of truth. They are believers. They are saved. They have received the word of truth. They have heard it, and they are established in it. The foundation is set. Now, here's something strange. Here's something weird that happens. Even having the word of truth, he says they have it. Even having been established in the word of truth, now he says they have to be reminded of it. Having been once in their view, it has to be put back in their view. Now I was thinking about that. They have the word of God. They've been established in the word of God. They're saved. But now it has to come back before them. They have to be reminded of of it. Now, I think of it like this. If you eat good in October, and I mean you, you don't miss a meal in October. It's good food. There's plenty of it. Most of my examples have to do with food, if you notice that. You eat good in, in October. It's an awesome month, and you have a good breakfast and a good lunch and a good supper, and people are bringing pies by your house. It is an awesome October, and you eat good during the month of October. But you do not eat in November. You know what you are by December? Probably in bad shape. Probably very weak and and probably very sick. Maybe even dead. Go all of November. Don't eat for November. You got a big October. You're going to be weak and sick. Well, here's, here's the truth. We need a constant feeding of the word of God. We need, a, as believers, we need a constant feeding of the Word of God. That's one of the things about preaching every night, 100 days or 30 days. It is an awesome blessing to have a constant feeding of the Word of God. We have to remember the Word of God. We have to be reminded of the Word of God. We have to bring again to mind the Word of God. We need to be rethinking it. We need to, 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 to let it come in and reshape us. Peter says here he knows the tendency, he knows the need, and he is ready to remind them. That's how he starts off. And so the first thing we see tonight, it is a reminding word. It is a reminding word. Now the next thing we see tonight, it is a rallying word. It is a rallying word. Let's look at verse 13. I consider it right As long as I'm in this earthly dwelling, to stir you up by way of reminder. Peter says, I consider it right, as long as I'm in this earthly dwelling, to stir you up by way of reminder. Now, remember, this is the verse we started with 24, 25 sermons ago. We started with this verse. In it, Peter, seeing the suffering of the people, seeing the need of the day, Seeing the threat of the false teachers and knowing the tendency of the people, he says the right thing to do, the correct action to follow is to stir you up. He sees what's happening. He sees what's about to happen. He sees the writing on the wall. He sees the threats that are looming out there. He knows the tendency of the people. And so he says the only proper thing to do is to stir you up. Now, remember this in the original language. It is an abrupt act. It's not a gentle act. It's not a slow act. It is really a sharp act. It translates to rouse into action, to rouse out of a sleep. That's what it translates, to to rouse somebody out of their sleep and to stir them into action. Remember the example. It was to be asleep and be warm, and be comfortable in your bed, and for somebody to douse you with the cold water. That's what the picture is. It's to be roused up, to be, to be pushed, stirred into action. Peter says that is the right thing to do. Now, notice here how he does that. He says he does it by way of reminder, by way of reminder. And that's the same word as in verse 12. He does it by putting the word of God back into view, by putting back in our view, our mind, the word of God, the truth that they have, the truth that they've been established in, he puts it back in front of them. Let me tell you the reality tonight. The reality is whoever you are and and wherever you're at in your walk with Christ, here's the reality. When we get out of the word of God, our fervor wanes. When we get out of the Word of God, our urgency is diminished. When we get out of the Word of God, our passion, I don't care who you are, how long you've been following Christ, whoever you are, when you get out of the Word of God, your passion fades. And we become, from verse 8, inactive and unproductive. You ever watch folks and they're on fire for the Lord and they're doing things and they're serving and they're, they're, they're in the word of God and their attitude's changing, their language is changing, even their countenance is changing and then you watch over time they fade away. Over time they become inactive and unproductive. Listen, that's the natural progression We have to be in the word of God because it is a rallying word. It stirs us up. That is what bears the fruit. All right, so the next thing we see is this. It is a rallying word. The next thing we see is this. It is a remaining word. It is a remaining word. Now notice there in verse 13, Peter says, as long as I am in this earthly dwelling, now this is the right thing to do As long as I'm in this earthly dwelling, he's talking about his physical body. As long as I'm in my physical body, as long as I am alive, this is the thing to do. Now, I want you to notice there, it starts to show up in verse 13. We're going to walk it out. There is an issue on his mind. There's about to be a time that he's out of his earthly body. That's what he's pointing to here. There is an issue that is weighing on his mind. Let's look at verse 14. Knowing that the laying aside of my earthly dwelling is imminent, as also our Lord Jesus Christ has made clear to me. Knowing that the laying aside of my earthly dwelling is imminent, as our, also our Lord Jesus Christ has made clear to me. I'm going to jump over. You can just listen to John chapter 21, verses 18 and 19. It says this, Truly, truly, I say to you, when you were younger, Jesus is speaking to Peter. You used to gird yourself and walk wherever you wished. But when you grow old, you will stretch out your hands and someone else will gird you and bring you where you did not wish to go. Verse 19, now this he said signifying, but what kind of death he would glorify God. Jesus told Peter that he would die for the cause of Christ. He says his arms would be stretched out. He would die in a crucifixion. Well, now here it is, and Peter sees it is unfolding. Most likely, as we started this letter, he is already arrested. Most likely, he is already in prison. And so he knows it is unfolding now, and his death is imminent. His death, his sure death, is coming. All right, now let's see this, verse 15. And I will also be diligent that at any time after my departures, departures is death, you will be able to call these things to mind. And I will also be diligent that any time after my departure, you will be able to call these things to mind. Now, what Peter is saying here is he is reminding and he is stirring by putting in the word of God. And then he says this, and I will be diligent It's the word we learned last night. It means zealous, active. I will be zealous. I will be active so that at any time after my departure, you will be able to call these things to mind. He says that he is going to remind them of these words even after he is gone. That's what it says. How's that possible? How in the world is that possible? Listen to me tonight. It is through our Bible, the Word of God. It's been almost 2,000 years, and you know what? He is stirring us up. He is diligent to stir us up through his Word. I I read a disheartening fact recently, uh, especially for me, but I read a a disheartening fact that says this. 90% of the best presented sermon 90% 90% is forgotten in one hour. And I thought, come on, y'all, sure, come on. That's got, you got to be remember more than that. 90% of the best presented sermon, the, the survey says, is forgotten in one hour. Now, I want you to think about this. Imagine for Peter if this was it. Imagine if these folks were it. Imagine after they heard it, after they were reminded of these truths, the truth just faded off somewhere like a bunch of sound waves out into the distance. What if that happened? Listen to me tonight. That's not what happens. God's Word stands. God's Word endures. And in his plan and in his power, listen, the flower might fade and the grass may wither, but the word of our God endures forever. It is a remaining word. That brings us to the last part. It is a reminding word. It is a rallying word. It is a remaining word. And the last part is this. It is a reliable Word, It is a reliable word. All right, let's go to verse 16. For we did not follow cleverly devised tales when we made known to you the power and coming of our Lord Jesus Christ, but we were eyewitnesses of his majesty. In verse 16, Peter, where he says we here, that's where he starts off, we, for we... We is talking about Peter himself, James, and John. It's talking about the three of them, and it's talking about the event of the Mount of Transfiguration. He says, we, the three of them, they did not cleverly devise a tale. They didn't make up a story. No, they were eyewitnesses to his glory. That's what he says. They were there. They saw it. It's not a second-hand testimony says they were eyewitnesses of his majesty. That means his splendor, his glory. For we did not follow cleverly devised tales. We made known to you the power and coming of our Lord Jesus Christ, but we were eyewitnesses of his majesty. Verse 17. For when he received honor and glory from God the Father, such an utterance as this was made to him by the majestic glory. This is my beloved son with whom I am well pleased. They heard God the Father utter, "This is my beloved son in whom I am well pleased." Now, there's a lot of stuff going on here, but this is just a glimpse, but I want you to think about that for a second. Can you imagine that event? Can you this is an actual historical event. Can you imagine that they hear the voice of God the Father say of Jesus, the one that had called them, the one that they had been traveling with, the one that they had walked up the mountain with, the one that they knew, they hear God the Father say, and this is my beloved son. Can you imagine that? Verse 18. And we ourselves heard this utterance made from heaven when we were with him on the holy mountain. We again is talking about Peter, James, and John. And we ourselves heard this utterance, made from heaven when we were with him on the holy mountain. Now, we're going to keep going. I'm going to to go to the end and come back and make the point, but I want to say this already right here. Be sure and understand this. God's prophets... Do not craft the truth, they report the truth. You want to know how you're dealing with God's prophet, God's spokesman? God's prophets, they do not craft the truth, they report the truth. They do not devise the truth. No, they speak God's truth. And so understand tonight, they are not clever in their crafting. That's not what a prophet does. They're not clever in their crafting. No, they are faithful in their reporting. That's what a prophet does. All right, verse 19. So we have the prophetic word made more sure, to which you do well to pay attention as to a lamp shining in a dark place until the day dawns and the morning star arises in your hearts. Now notice this. In verse 19, the we is no longer talking about Peter, James, and John. John. It's not talking about them. The we now is talking about all believers. The man of transfiguration, they were witness to that. They were the we. Now the we is talking about all believers. And so understand this. We have the prophetic word made more sure. We have it. Prophetic means very simply spoken by a prophet. God's word announced by a prophet, relayed, spoken through a prophet. That's very simply what that means. And so we have the prophetic word made more sure. Now I want you to stay with me. It is not made more sure because of them. They are eyewitnesses. That's good. We like their perspective. They are eyewitnesses. That is great. But it's not made more sure because of them. That's not why. Here's what we're going to see. It is made more sure because of its source. It is sure, we're able to have confidence in it because of the source of the word of God. All right, let's keep going. Of this word, it says, Until the day dawns, until the morning star arises in your hearts. Now, that's talking about the coming of Jesus. In the physical absence of the living word, Jesus, This is saying we listen to the written word. And so until Jesus comes again, in the physical absence of the living word Jesus, we listen to the written word. It says, pay attention to it. It translates, give heed, as to a lamp in a dark place. What do we do with the word of God? We pay attention to it, we listen to it, we give heed to it, as to a lamp. In a dark place. Friends, today, today, our world is a dark place. Our world is a dark place. Let me tell you this. It's getting darker. It is getting darker. And so what do we do? As followers of Jesus Christ, we're living in dark days. You know what we do? We turn to the word of God. We turn to the word of God. Thy word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. What do we do in these days? We go to the lamp. We go to the word of God. Verse 20. But know this first of all, get this hammered out, that no prophecy of scripture is a matter of one's own interpretation. Verse 20, the word interpretation means unloosing or unraveling. And so here's, here's the meaning, and it's, it's not up for some person to have put it together and unravel it, unloosen it, the explanation. But know that, first of all, no prophecy of Scripture is a matter of one's own interpretation. Verse 21, for no prophecy was ever made by an act of human will. Now listen to that, no prophecy was ever made By an act of human will. But men moved by the Holy Spirit spoke from God. The word for move there means carried along, it means brought forth. The picture is the wind behind a a sail of a ship, driven by God, moved along by God. Be very sure tonight. I hear all sorts of nonsense, I hear all sorts of stuff. Listen to this very carefully. Our Bible is not the word of Peter. Our Bible is not the word of Paul. I hear people say, well, Paul didn't like this. Paul didn't like that. Paul was messed up. Our Bible is not the word of Paul. It's not the word of any man. Our Bible is the word of God. Every word, the Bible says of itself, is from God. Every verse is from God. Every chapter of every book, these are the word of God. So listen to me tonight. So when people come along and say, is it dependable? Here's what we ask. Is our God dependable? When folks come along and say, is it truthful? Is our God truthful? Is it perfect in wisdom? In all times, is it perfect in wisdom? Is our God perfect in wisdom? Friends, listen to me. Praise the Lord. In the grace of God, these are the very words of God. So we can trust him. So we can turn to him. It is a reliable word. Now here's the best part to all that. He's telling us about his word. Here's the best part to all of that. In God's dependable, truthful wise word from the start to the finish what does he do? He tells us of Jesus. you want to know the purpose of the Word of God is to tell us of Jesus you want to tell the, you want to know the purpose why God records this for us is that a sinful person could turn to the word of God find the problem that we have sin in our life see the, 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 the answer that we need restitution redemption, Find the answer of the Savior in Jesus. The best part of this is God's word is dependable and it tells us of Jesus. It is truthful and it tells us of Jesus. It's perfect in wisdom. Listen, follow it. It tells us of Jesus. The word of God, start to finish, tells us of Jesus. It is a reliable word. Let's go to the Lord in prayer. During Father, we come tonight, we praise you, we thank you for your word. Lord, we, we hear this, and, and maybe we're reminded, I pray that we are, we hear this, and maybe we're intrigued, I hope that we are, but Lord, I pray that we hear this, and we renew our commitment to knowing the word of God, to studying the word of God, to memorizing the word of God, and then it wouldn't be something we say, well, we've got that settled, and we stack it somewhere and walk off from it that we would grow in in the knowledge of Christ as we grow in the knowledge of his word. We would grow in our love for Christ as we grow in the knowledge of his word, that we would grow in our witness for Christ, to Christ, as we grow in the knowledge of his word. Lord, help us in that. Stir us up in that tonight. Splash some water on us, Lord. Help us be awakened to action to study and know the word of God. And then, Lord, I pray that it wouldn't just be for head knowledge, It wouldn't just be for a a bunch of information that we could try to impress folks with, but it would be for your purpose and for your glory. That a lost world would see and hear the truth of Jesus. And again, that would bring much glory to you. Lord, I, I thank you for this message tonight. I thank you for your verses. I pray again that we remember it, that it shapes us, that it builds us. And then Lord, I pray for somebody that doesn't know the living word, the subject of the written word, Jesus. I pray that tonight, guilty in their sin, condemned in their sin, hopeless in their sin, that this very night, Lord, they would hear and receive the good news of their Savior, Jesus. Lord, we ask that you move in this time of invitation. We trust it to you. And it's in Jesus' name I pray. Amen. We're going to close with a time of response, a time of invitation. Tonight. And I, I say it, and I, and I hope you believe it. It's truly the most important time of our hour. This is the word of God, and it's the preached word of God now. But it calls for a response. It calls to not leave us the same. It calls to make a difference. First off is this, if you've never trusted Jesus, he's your only hope. If you've never trusted Jesus, if you'll turn to him tonight, he'll forgive you and save you tonight. That's the first call of the scripture. Believe, and in believing be saved. If you've never trusted Jesus, do it tonight, he'll save you tonight. The other call of Scripture is this, know Jesus, to walk with Jesus. What is eternal life? It's to know Jesus and his Father. We know him through the Word. Turn to the Word. Read it. Study it. Maybe maybe tonight as you hear this, you think, you know what, I've I've wasted long enough. And tonight, my response is, Lord, help me commit. Renew commitment to your Word. If you're here tonight and you've never trusted Christ, you want to make that decision now, you come. Let's settle that. You need more information in that decision? You come. Let's settle that. You're here and you would like to follow believers. Baptism, you come. Let's set a date and it'll be a great day of celebration. You're looking for a church home? I want to tell you, brother and sister, we're going to stand on the word of God. Preach it until Jesus comes. You come as well. We'll we'll join together. Uphold his word. You're here tonight and you'd say, you know what? I, I I want I want to be stirred up. Tired of business as usual. My starting place is to get in the word of God. Maybe you want to come and Maybe pray where you're at. Maybe come pray at an altar. Maybe pray with me. God, stir me up. Help me be recommitted to your word. We're going we're to stand and sing. If God has spoken to you, if he's speaking to you, if you have a decision to make, you step out. And you come on. I'll meet you here.